When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, Alicia here. Thank you for joining us for today's tale of marital misadventure with the lovely Jane Seymour. She's an actress. She's so talented, dumped by all four of her husbands. It is trashy and Jane Seymour is a survivor, no doubt. There's a lot to like about this story and so many spiderwebs, too. Before we begin with today's almost all-star, we do have some fine folks to thank. Whose name is in the magic mirror this week, Stacy? Thank you so much for joining us at Patreon.com. Megan M, L Rowe, Bailey M, Heather F, Dodo, and Kate. We are so grateful for you and your support, our Patreon community, the most amazing. If you want to get in on all the behind-the-scenes trash candy, patreon.com slash trashy divorces is the place to go for early and ad-free episodes, dumpster dives, spiderwebs, and so, so much more. <laughs> well, Alicia, my bags are packed, and I'm super excited to travel across the pond to meet the lovely Jane Seymour. Let's go, go, go. Alicia, is this the Jane Seymour who was famously Dr. Quinn medicine woman for a number of years? It is. Okay. This is the Jane Seymour that is an actress, yes. not the Jane Seymour that was the third wife of Henry VIII. Makes sense. Two very different Jane Seymours. She would be quite aged. <laughs> and not divorced. Poor mm. That poor Jane Seymour passed away after childbirth. This Jane mm. Seymour has had quite... A roller coaster of a ride in the trashy divorces department. Can't wait. Our Jane Seymour today has been in movies and on our television screens for over 50 years, wow. five decades. From James Bond's love interest in Live and Let Die to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman to playing the hot middle aged mom and wedding crashers, insisting that Owen Wilson's character check out her recent boob job. Jane Seymour is truly one of our most versatile actresses. <laughs> Along the way, she's won several awards, including two Golden Globes and an Emmy. Jane was also anointed an officer of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth II. Her list of accomplishments, Jane's, could go on and on. And perhaps you think that such a beautiful, talented, and accomplished woman would never have any man break up with her. And yet. But Jane has revealed that she was dumped by not one, not two, not three, but all four of her husbands. Yikes. She recently told People Magazine, I was married to men who had different issues, and I never ended the marriages. They did by finding other people. Yikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jane will tell the Times in April 2023, I'm not very good at betrayal. I don't do well with it. If I have been replaced, I am very happy to move along. <laughs> I agree with that. 
Yeah. Like there shouldn't be a question mm-hmm. in your, if it's not me, I have other things yep. to do. And that's, you know, good on you, Jane, completely understandable. What may be harder to imagine is how she keeps her zest for life and stays so positive when she literally has had so many reasons to get discouraged. In the Yahoo Life series, Unapologetically, Jane explains, Every time I've gotten divorced, I have had to develop a new lust for life. I've had to figure out a way that I find myself again. She's kind of a trashy divorces hero, Jane Seymour. (laughs) She, Jane, has embraced aging well. Now at the age of 72 years old, she feels great. She's as beautiful as ever. She's committed to breaking the stigma associated with getting older, especially for women after menopause. Jane has refused to give in to the invasive cosmetic procedure with what she calls permanent enhancement. Hmm. She'll tell Hello in October 2023 that she feels an extraordinary freedom at the moment. The world is against aging. We hate aging. We look at aging and we go, oh no, there's a wrinkle. Oh my God, get rid of it. Gray hair. No, terrifying. Whereas you can look at it in the other way and you can say, actually, I now have time in my life to do the things I really want to do. Maybe I now become the person I want to be. Perfect. And that's something to strive for, no matter what age. Let's get into the story of Jane Seymour. Joyce Penelope Wilhelmina Frankenberg (laughs) was born on February 15th, 1951. Happy almost birthday, Jane Seymour. Joyce, not Jane, but Joyce was born in Middlesex, England. Her father was a doctor and her mother was a nurse. Joyce was one of three daughters. She'll attend Wimbledon School until she was 13, when she transfers to an art-focused school to study ballet. Hmm. Despite sounding very British, she says that her upbringing was quote-unquote culturally spectacular. Both of her parents spoke multiple languages. Jane's mother was Polish and had been incarcerated in a concentration camp. Wow. Jane's mom had the chance to escape but refused to take that chance because her best friend was pregnant and couldn't escape with her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jane always said that her parents had an open house policy with her mother's friends who survived the camps and all of their children, so there were frequently many people in the house. When Joyce, who would later adopt the stage name of Jane Seymour, was 17, she was cast in the chorus line of a film called Oh, What a Lovely War. And that is when the story of her four marriages and four divorces begins. First marriage, Michael Attenborough. Jane will meet her first husband, Michael Attenborough, while appearing in his father Richard Attenborough's film, Mm. Oh, What a Lovely War. Jane was 17, and it was actually Lord Richard Attenborough's first film, as well as Jane's. Dame Maggie Smith was starring in the film and took Jane. This goes to my there are only eight actors in England theory. That's it. Well, Maggie Smith playing with Jane. She's like, oh, Jane, you're a chorus girl. And Maggie Smith takes Jane aside and says she should be an actress. And Jane Seymour says she was a terrible chorus girl because she kept standing out instead of blending in. And chorus girls are just supposed to blend in. You're not supposed to be a standout. 
But this works in Jane's favor because Richard Attenborough liked her and directed the camera to give her a close-up during a scene. That close-up led to a top film agent in England contacting Jane and asking to represent her, and thus her film career begins. But a less successful byproduct of that first film would be her first marriage and divorce. In Jane's book, called Remarkable Changes, Jane said that it was the first time that denial, ah, not just a river in Egypt, kept her from seeing the truth about a relationship, but it would not be the last. Michael Attenborough, who was only 18 at the time, comes to visit his dad on set one day. Jane catches his eye. He asks her if maybe she'd like to go to the theater with him that night. And She didn't have enough money to go to the theater very often, so she's like, heck yeah, I'll go to the theater. I love the theater. And the night at the theater, like, oh, it was a hit. And the two become a couple very, very quickly. Jane's family likes Michael very much. But Jane's mom begged her daughter not to get married so young. Right. You're too young. Yeah. You are too young. And he's too young. You're both too young. But the heart wants what the heart wants. That heart, man. Especially when it is so young. And so Jane, when she was only 20 years old in 1971, married Michael Attenborough. Well, at least they dated for a while. I mean. Shortly after they married. Michael was gone a lot, working as a director in the theater. And Jane was also working a great deal, and she was doing a miniseries for British television that took up most of her time. Then, the James Bond casting directors saw that Mm. miniseries and thought that Jane was the perfect person for the role of solitaire in Live and Let Die. Seriously, best Bond song ever. So Jane was off to exotic sets filming... That movie, Live and Let Die, was one of the biggest films in England that year. Jane Seymour becomes a full-fledged star. The Bond girl path to success. That's it. Whenever Jane and Michael were in England together, they had Sunday dinner with his family, and Lord Richard Attenborough would take Jane aside and remind her, listen to this, remember, darling, the day you believe in your own publicity, you're dead. Good advice. Great advice. Yeah. The day you believe your own hype, you're out. Jane said this advice always helped to keep her grounded. But as for the marriage, it was not grounded. Jane says, it was my first marriage, and I knew before I did it that I never should have gotten married at all. By the time I understood that truth, wedding gifts were arriving and the wedding gown had been ordered. I was just too embarrassed to cancel And I didn't have the guts to say I wasn't ready to get married because I'd fought so hard to say I was ready to get married. I was 20 and thought I knew everything, but I certainly wasn't looking clearly at this situation. I knew I was very fond indeed of Michael. I knew there was nobody else, but then I'd never had a chance to meet anybody else. Because you're too young. (laughs) No, we see this a lot. How many... Brides where it ends up with divorce, I was too embarrassed to cancel. You know what? Eat the embarrassment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Eating the embarrassment now, wow, is a way bolder move than what could come if you know inside your heart and soul that that is not where you want to be. Life is way too short. 
Well, poor Jane. Michael started having affairs. Sure. And Jane said that she believes the marriage wouldn't have worked anyway, even if he wasn't a dirty lying cheater. I'm it was a starter marriage. Yeah. It was a starter <laughs> marriage. Jane believes that the saying absence makes the heart grow fonder is a hundred percent BS, completely untrue. Jane Seymour thinks that when a couple is living separate lives and having different experiences, that it is really easy to become disconnected and yeah. have those bonds weaken. And of course, their young ages mm-hmm. and lack of maturity. Working in creative fields. And all the doubts she had in the beginning. Yeah. Like everything sort of contributes to this. Jane says neither of us was ready for the sharing and sacrifice that love and marriage demand. But Jane, good on her, doesn't regret this time or feel that it was a waste. Michael Attenborough is still a very good friend of hers. They Hmm. see each other often. Michael calls her by the nickname he had for her, Poppy. And he'll tell his kids stories about how he used to be married to her. And Jane will tease Michael about the things he did that bugged her. She'll write that his wife laughs hysterically because (laughs) those very things are bugging her today. I mean, people don't ever really change. You just find someone who can put up with you. Yeah, it's nice that they're still friends. Ultimately, Michael left Jane and chose to end their marriage. This is in 1973, two years, in and out, done and dusted. Starter marriage. Even though Jane knew it was for the best, it was still a very scary and confusing time for her. She'll say about this, I'd tell my younger self not to get married so early. When I was 20, we got married, and when I was 21, we got divorced. I perfected the art of getting married too soon. I think you should learn to live together before you consider marriage and have some really great rows and break up a couple of times before you contemplate it because you have to learn how to come back from those things. That is not bad advice. I mean, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Yeah. Doctor therapist, marriage counselor. Dr. Quinn, love expert. Right? This is a perfect time to take a break. We have hubby one in and out. When we come back, we're going to get to the second marriage of Jane Seymour. Sounds great. See you in a minute. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William vs. Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? all in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. 
Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, let's talk about this second marriage, Jeffrey Planer. After Live and Let Die, Solitaire, Bond Girl, Naturally, Jane has many, many movie roles offered to her, but a lot of these were not ones she was interested in. She described those projects as, quote, the same kind of movie, which involved a very glamorous woman running three paces behind a man with a gun, unquote. So, Jane, where's she going to go? Hollywood. You got it. All right. Howard W. Koch brought her to America for a screen test for a movie in which she would play an American girl. Koch was a respected director and producer who was well-known for The Odd Couple. Incidentally, Robert Evans, my man, we just Mm -hmm. finished up with him. That was one of his joints. Howard Koch also produced On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. A lot of other films. Howard Koch also produced the Academy Awards ceremonies eight times. Oh, wow. He'll serve as the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences as well. Jane Seymour said that Koch was a complete gentleman who treated her with great respect. However, she gets there. Koch doesn't think she's right for the role. Once Jane's in Hollywood, though, another producer who she would not name, Mm. invited her to his house for a screen test Uh (laughs) where there were supposed to be many other people at the event. Were there? (laughs) When Jane arrived, she was the only guest. Uh. And this unnamed producer made no secret what he expected Jane to do with him. Jane writes, He made many advances, and I quickly made the choice not to play the Hollywood casting couch game, and he was not happy about my choice. He told me that if I ever mentioned the incident to anyone, I'd never work in this business again, Wow! and made me swear to say I'd never even gone to his house. It was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I was trembling, shaking with fear. Then I had to lie to everybody, which I didn't like doing at all. Jane continues this story. She'll write the next day that she gets a call from Howard Koch because Howard had heard she had had a meeting with this other unnamed Hollywood producer director and he's calling Jane, Howard is, to see how it went. And Jane lies and said, I I didn't go. And Koch replies with great relief. Oh, he says, thank goodness for that. I almost called you to tell you not to go because this man had quite a reputation Sometimes you could have a problem with him. If you'd gone there, something might have happened, and you definitely would not have gotten the part. Whoa. hmm I'm so sad that, like, the industry didn't... I mean, this guy knows what's going on, and somehow this... But Jane's uh, unnamed, lying. I know, I know. But, like, somehow this unnamed producer director is just allowed to operate in the industry even though apparently everybody knows what's up with them it's yeah bro flakes okay (laughs) 
Jane naturally. She's young. I mean, yeah. holy cat, she's terrified. She's yeah. alone. At this point, Hollywood has upset her. Like to I, the point yeah. of I I don't I can't trust anybody here. So she's going to go back to jolly old England. She doesn't just go back to England though. Jane quits acting altogether. Wow. The uh-huh. 180% opposite turn sure. of it. I would, I mean, it sounds like she had a very scary experience. Yep. So she didn't want to have anything uh, yeah. to do with that. And sometimes, God, there's so many really, really good testaments of life lessons in here. So Jane quits acting altogether. And that's one thing to like leave the thing you've been doing. But then what does Jane do? Jumps wholeheartedly into a relationship. Makes sense. <laughs> with one of her friends named Jeffrey Planer, whom, whom she called Jeep. G-E-E-P. Okay. I hope it's Jeep. Maybe Geep? Don't know. Also, it's Jeffrey with the G-E-O. So maybe it's Joffrey. I don't know. <sighs> I think it's probably Jeffrey. And it's probably Jeep. We're going to go with that. And if we screw that up, Jeffrey Planer, we're really, really sorry. But... <laughs> You cheated on Jane, so we're not really that sorry. Okay, so Jane does a total 180, leaves sure. acting, and becomes a full-time housewife. And does this bring her joy? No, mm. not at all. Jeep mm. was a friend of her first husband, Michael Attenborough. <laughs> wow. And Jane said she didn't really realize how much she liked Jeffrey Planer Jeep until she split from Michael. She even recalls the exact day she realized that she was in love with him. Jane Seymour writes, I remember the day my feelings changed and I felt myself falling in love with him. Every year there was a famous boat race, the Oxford-Cambridge boat race on the Thames. Jeep lived in a beautiful apartment overlooking the river and every year he had a boat race party. We'd all squish into his apartment and peek over his balcony to watch the boats go by. It was at that party that I realized I liked him more than just liking him. We started to spend more time together and realized that feeling was quite mutual. It happened pretty quickly. It was not long before Jane and Jeep decided to marry. Now, this is, you know me, I really am a sucker for a wedding. This is one of my favorite wedding stories that I think I'm ever going to tell on Trashy Divorces. I've never seen anything quite like it. Are you ready? It comes time to plan their big day. And... (laughs) Jane and Jeep made it coincide with the Queen's Silver Jubilee in order not to have to pay for a reception. <clears throat> well they'll, done. Well done. I know, right? They'll go around and ask their neighbors if they're having a block party. And it's the Queen's Jubilee, for goodness sakes. Of course Obviously. we're having a block party. Some of the neighbors on their street were so excited that they actually showed them pictures when they had their street party to celebrate the Queen's coronation 25 years earlier. Like, the whole block is lit. They are ready to celebrate. So the block party for the Silver Jubilee would have a great deal of food and hundreds of people. So Jane and Jeep figure that no one else would care if it became their wedding reception, too. Yeah. So they didn't tell anybody who lived on their block, but they did tell their friends. All 150 friends they invited to the block party. (laughs) Jane said they couldn't afford a big reception and their house was so small. 
Their house is so small, they call it the mouse house. Hmm. So there's no way they would have been able to host that many people, so block party it is. Shane writes, The whole thing started to take on a kind of magic. We hoped for good weather, invited our exes and all our friends, and asked them to bring what they wanted. Half of them brought wedding cakes. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) We also ordered kegs of beer, champagne, and wine. Another friend was in the music industry, so he put together a rock band, and they provided the music, and some other friends set up a mini-game of cricket. We were married in the morning at the registry office, when we borrowed a horse and carriage to take us there. The party was potluck, so we didn't know what we'd be getting, but everyone, because it was our wedding, was excited to bring the best they could prepare. So we used an adverse situation, which was not having the space or finances to entertain that many people, and somehow ended up with a fabulous party that couldn't have been better. That is very smart. We've never had a wedding like that. That is very clever. I love it. Afterward, Jane and Jeep settle into domesticity. Jane stays home, cooks meals, embroiders, entertains friends, works on her sourdough starter, bakes bread. Like, she becomes a homemaker, and she's not unhappy about it. She enjoys it in the beginning. Like, oh, all this simplicity, and this is so relaxing, and probably a little safer than the Hollywood thing. Yeah. But then... One day, her agent calls her. Jane, you've been offered a role in the play A Doll's House. A Doll's House, Henrik Ibsen, super famous play. Jane immediately turns it down. She's like, there is no way that I'm ever going to be able to learn all of the lines that are in that play. Hmm. But her husband, Jeffrey Planer, Jeep, encourages her to do it because he feels like their life was becoming unfulfilling to Jane. And like, Jane, maybe pursue your career again. That's what you want to do. That's what you love to do. And so Jane and Jeep fight about it. They're arguing about it. And he would try to convince her that she would be able to learn those lines and she'd be great in the play. And Jane, foot down, she refuses to do it. And one day her husband says to her, I don't want to talk to you anymore until you've learned the first 10 pages. Whether or not you do this play, I believe you can learn those first 10 pages, and we won't discuss it until you've learned them. And after you've done that, we can discuss the fact that you're not going to do the play. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, Aquarius girl, a little stubborn, this was the nudge that Jane needed. She learned the lines and, in fact, did the play. It went great, and Jane was offered the part in America, which she initially turns down. But guess what? Hubby number two, Jeep. And her agent eventually convinced Jane to go. Once Jane's there, she's naturally offered other opportunities. And Jane was able to get a work permit and stay a little bit longer. And then several things went her way. And her Hollywood dream seemed to be right at her fingertips. This is a very different experience than the last time. Sure. Jane writes, I look back and wonder at that series of events. So many things fell almost miraculously into place, but I believe none of it would have happened if I had not first had the comfortable nest with Jeep for a while. Before trying my wings outside the nest, I believe the time I spent there healing my wounds and happily baking and sewing helped give me the strength to weather change and try a new life. This 
unanticipated success would mean the end of Jane's second marriage. Sure. As she stayed in America, time does not make the heart grow fonder. The couple drifts apart. They'll divorce in 1978. They've only been married a year. Like, they haven't even been married that long. Wow. But their bond, again, remains. And in the early 2000s, Jane wrote some children's books that Jeep illustrated. (laughs) She'll write, we have each other as close and trusted friends. Our love continues in a profound way, and we are creating together. I mean, honestly, it sounds like he really went out of his way to try to be a supportive spouse. And, and ultimately that is what broke them up. That's, I mean, I realize there may have been other people. Hubby number two, mm-hmm. done and dusted. Jane's going to stay single for a while, but not too long. Cause have you met Jane? <laughs> Let's get to her third marriage. So Jane now in America, mm-hmm. Hollywood, Jane needs a business manager. And several friends recommend David Flynn. In like Flynn. Should have been out. Way out. (laughs) But in like David Flynn. Jane not only hires David Flynn as her manager, she will also start an intense relationship with him. Hmm. Jane writes, He was tall and boyishly handsome. We hit it off immediately and embarked on an intense romantic and sometimes coast-to-coast courtship. I think David represented security for me. And he seemed to love and respect me. As my business manager, he was able to make things happen for me and organize things well. He was fun, but mostly what attracted me was the sense of security I felt from him. I had found it very scary being the new girl in Hollywood. Everyone tries to date you. Everyone wants something. You know, the casting couch. Despite her first two marriages not lasting very long, Jane wasted no time in rushing to the altar for the third time. Maybe that's going to be the charm. Dear reader, it is not. (laughs) Jane and David Flynn married in 1981 at the Long Island estate of their friends, John and Lori Berry. The couple has a daughter in 1982 and a son in 1985. And Jane's career is going great, and the family lives in Beverly Hills before moving to Montecito. Jane was making a few films, but mostly just keeping busy by starring in television miniseries. Yeah, she was just omnipresent in the 80s. She thought she was living her fairy tale life. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, I have the career I want. I have two healthy children. I have a solid marriage. He makes me feel so safe. What did she say? The sense of security I mm-hmm. felt from him. Yikes. Soon enough, it is all going to come crumbling down. They get married in 81. I want to progress to a day in 1989 that Jane's instincts tell her something is wrong. Something is very, very wrong. And so to this day, Jane believes it was a random sixth sense that gave her the message. What are we? I mean, this is your intuition. This is your gut. Like your body tells you like, you know. Jane knows something. This is kind of a clever move. Put this one in your trashy bag of tricks, friends. Jane uses this method. She calls one of their friends in England and decides to try a strategy. She'll call her friend and say, hey, Betty, I know everything. Oh, wow. And Jane's heart sank when Betty, her friend, I'm making that name up, but her friend replies, how much do you know? Oh, no. Oh, 
so sad, right? So she even had deduced the who. I don't even, I don't know if she deduced the who, but she just takes it on. And she's Betty, I know everything. And Betty, how much do you know? Like, that is not the answer. No. You want to get, what are you talking about? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is not what Jane got. And with those words. You know how, everything about what? <laughs> yeah. How much do you know? Those words, Jane's life unravels. Oh. Jane has no idea how much her husband, David Flynn, had been lying to her and how much trouble she was in as a result of his lying. Oh. Wait, it gets so bad. Jane it, writes. Is this business manager stuff that... Mm-hmm. Okay. Jane writes, the more I learned, the more distressed I was with myself for not having had the insight to realize things were seriously wrong. At the same time, many things became clear. I realized there were dozens of pieces of my own life that I'd chosen to look at through rose-colored glasses. And now I knew these were things I could no longer deny were happening. I understand now that when you live in a world of denial, you don't question things. I never thought my husband would have affairs, although he did seem to be happy to spend large amounts of time away from me. But was I simply over-trusting? It never occurred to me that one would be betrayed by one's husband. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? After all, most dramas and Uh, storybooks are about that very thing. So in addition to dealing with David Flynn's adultery, horrible betrayal, wait on it, Next up, Jane finds herself to be millions of dollars in debt and would also have to pay David Flynn spousal support because Jane had been the primary breadwinner. In 2020, she described her situation to Entertainment Tonight. You ready? It's terrible. I was homeless, penniless, and in the lowest depths of despair. My ex-husband had lost all of our money, left me $9 million in the red. Oh, my God. With lawsuits from every major bank. I called my agent and said I would do anything. Yeah. He called the networks and they said, how about a little movie of the week? But she has to sign for five years in case it becomes a series. And she has to start tomorrow morning, less than 12 hours from now. Wow. And that was it. That little movie of the week would end up becoming a series called... Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. (laughs) I mean, I don't, not a laughing matter, but it's funny how things work out. Hey, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman ended up being one of the greatest blessings in her life and would become one of her most iconic characters. Certainly enough, that little movie of the week turned serial program would end up solving many of Jane's financial problems. But dealing with the betrayal and the feelings of failure in that marriage would not be easy. Jane writes, emotionally, I felt that I was obviously unattractive, unwanted, unlovable, and less than. Capital L, capital T, less than. That I must be truly stupid for this to have happened. There was an enormous sense of failure. Jane and David Flynn, their divorce was final in 1992. And if you think that the idea of marriage would now send Jane running for the hills... Breaking out in hives. You'd be wrong. Jane will marry for the fourth time the very next year. Oh, Jane. Oh, Jane. We're going to take a quick break here and come back (laughs) for our fourth marriage. And and how it all goes wrong. Final marriage to James Keach. See you on the flip. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Trash Pandas, put on your trashy waiters now because what you've heard is not great. Right. It's going to get worse. So Jane meets actor, director, producer James Keach shortly after her divorce when Jane had decided to act in and produce her own television movie. And Jane doesn't expect to bond with James Keach, but the two have an instant connection. Oh, Lord. She said she was able to communicate with him on a deeper emotional and spiritual level than with anyone before. Sucker. <laughs> All right. James Keach is the brother of Stacy Keach. Fun okay. little spiderweb fact here. James Keach has also been married and divorced a few times. His first wife. Her name was Holly Collins, the sister of Judy Collins. Oh, interesting. The ruby-throated sparrow in my heart. Doesn't take James too long to propose to Jane, and the two wed in 1993. In 1995, Jane and James welcomed twins into the world. Jane was 44 years old at the time, and the couple was very open about having used IVF to help get her pregnant. Nowadays, having babies into the 40s and using IVF is so common, we don't think anything really about it. But in 1995, it was pretty rare. We don't normally name children, but I need to name these twins here because it does connect in with spiderwebs. The boys were named after James and Jane's personal friends, Christopher Reeve and Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Little bit of a spider web here about Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash and June Carter become friends with James Keach after seeing some of his work. James Keach actually gets involved with Walk the Line, the 2005 film, producing that film. James Keach, actor, director. Yay, Jane! <laughs> Finally, Jane seems to have found the success and happiness in her professional and personal life. And it would be that way for over 20 years. They marry in 93. So, Everything's yeah, great. into the 2010s. Okay, great. <laughs> Huzzah. And friends, that's the end of Trashy Divorces Boom. today. No. Mm. In 2015, the couple shocks Holly. They've been married two decades. Yeah. Shocking. They announced their split. And at first, they don't discuss the reasons. But since then... <laughs> have things emerged? Jane has been a little bit more open about what ended her long marriage to James Keach. In 2020, Jane will tell the Daily Mail, Choices were made that I couldn't live with. I thought we were going to be married forever, but James made a choice that I wasn't privy to. He mm. found someone else. Uh, I felt horrible, devastated. That's bad, right? Yeah. It gets worse. Mm. By the time I found out, Jane continues, entirely by accident, it had been going on for some time. So that was that. It was someone I knew. So that was very frightening. I tried to figure something out, but I realized the marriage wasn't going to work. We're friends now, and 
We were always determined to be good parents, but it was devastating at the time. What do you know about me? What do I love to do more than anything else? Investigate. (laughs) So this took me on a little bit of a thread. Oh, no, it was someone that I knew, and that was very frightening. Let's go into one more layer of this, because it is devastating. This really trashy. Next level. James Keach directs a documentary called Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, about country music singer Glenn Campbell and his battle with Alzheimer's. That was released in October 2014. They announced their divorce in 2015. It is with the last wife and future widow of Glenn Campbell that insiders say that James Keach was having the affair with. Wow. For all of our Patreon Trash Pandas, I'm going to do a spider webs immediately after this about Glenn Campbell, all of his wives, all of his kids, his will, and what sources say about this bit. Yeah. I want to get back to Jane. Sure. But there is a spider web there. Patreon folks, stay tuned for that. Okay. So he was working on a documentary about Glenn Campbell and struck up an affair with Glenn, the ailing Glenn Campbell's wife? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Allegedly. Well, okay, fair. Rumors. I mean, this is all scurrilous gossip, but insiders close to Jane sort of verified that's who it was. Again, Spiderwebs, Patreon, we'll get into all of it. So it's hard to imagine how Jane must have felt having her marriage fall apart again, especially after two decades together. Hey, bonus though, this time, at least she doesn't have the financial mess. Uh, that yep. she'd been left with after her divorce from David Flynn. But again, like breakups suck. Breakups are the eternal suckage. Like everybody has them. Everybody does them. And it's not they, easy yeah, for her suck. to recover. She feels vulnerable. And again, her confidence, uh, her sure. self-confidence really shaken. But Jane, nothing but an optimist. In keeping <laughs> with that optimistic spirit, Jane dusts herself off and once again, somehow finds a way to regain a positive attitude. Although she said the end of her marriage was painful, depressing, and anger-making, she believes the best advice she can give anyone going through a divorce is, the sooner you can accept it, the better for you and others. The best thing to do is to let go. Try to find a way to communicate and keep what was good in the relationship. It's really fine advice. Particularly if you have kids and are just necessarily going to need to see your ex from time to time. Oh, Jane. No more weddings. Uh, So far. (laughs) No one can deny that Jane Seymour has been through the ringer when it comes to her romantic life. Thankfully, now, today, she says she's never been happier. She was in a nine-year relationship with producer David Green after her divorce from James Keach. But despite David Green proposing, Jane decided not to marry again. Had she had enough of that? (laughs) She explains, I just said I would never put a number on his name. It would be the most horrible thing in the world. Now, Jane is in a happy relationship with a new boyfriend, musician John Zambetti. They met when their kids set them up on a date. Jane told People that the relationship has been absolutely fantastic so far. She says that she and Zambetti have a romantic tradition of celebrating their anniversary every month. <laughs> it's like T 
teenagers. Like teenagers, <laughs> do you remember that? Happy three mm-hmm. month anniversary. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> She'll joke, hey, this time in life, you're not gonna wait fifty years, are you? Yeah. No, celebrate your anniversary every month. That is so ridiculously dopey. I love it. Jane Seymour is a remarkably resilient woman, mature when it comes to the end of her relationship. She'll tell the mirror that she always tries to look at her side of things and what she could have done differently. As for marriage, Jane said she does not think in this day and age you need it. (laughs) So don't look for a wedding announcement from Jane that includes any kind of nuptials. She is loving life, quote unquote, on her own terms. Mm -hmm. She'll say, I can do whatever I want. I've saved some money, so I'm comfortable. I work because I want to. I can pick the projects that I want to. I do not suffer fools gladly. So I have curated my life in the amount of time I have to be with friends and family and people I'm interested in. 100% the truth. You get to choose what your life has time and room for. Sure. And it seems like Jane Seymour has figured it out. Yeah. Professionally, Jane is thriving. She still appears on many television movies. It is a favorite when it comes to guest roles in television shows. We still see her occasionally on the big screen with recent roles in Friendsgiving and The War with Grandpa. Okay, this is where I'm really excited. I love British television. Jane is super proud of her latest project. It's called Harry Wild. It's a comedy series for Acorn TV where Jane Seymour plays a retired English professor who becomes an amateur sleuth. Oh my God. This is your dream. This is your dream path in life. I just need to move to Cabot Cove, (laughs) Maine. Like, I am in. Okay, so this role, perfect for Jane in a lot of ways. She'll tell TV Insider what she loves about the role is, quote unquote, she plays by her own rules. She's always right. Even when she's wrong, she's right and can prove it. For women, especially actresses, it was all supposed to be over by 40. Here I am at 72 with my own show playing a woman who is not done living yet. Good for her. God, I love it. Jane is still very proud of being a Bond girl, part of that Bond franchise. She realizes that it was an honor to be part of that elite group of Bond girls. She says, I support everything to do with the Bond franchise. When they have books coming out about Bond girls or podcasts or whatever it is, I always show up. There's this really interesting sorority of women who've been Bond girls, which is fun in its own right. And kind of a fun twist, Jane says she'd love to reprise, reprise, as I think we'd say in England, her Bond character of Solitaire again. When asked by people about it, Jane says, of course I'd do it. I've always been very open about saying that I'd be happy just to walk behind the scene and someone could go, is that Solitaire? <laughs> Jane Seymour living life solitaire without any pesky husband. And I can't say I blame her after all of that. Uh -uh. No, I think four times is plenty. My friends, that is the trashy divorces saga of the almost all-star Jane Seymour, the lovely and talented Mm -hmm. English lass. Trash cans? I don't know. For her husband's, it sounds like Jeep wasn't terrible. Go be free. Uh Uh-huh. I think the most amount of trash cans, nine million, yeah. go to David Flynn for leaving her in debt. Really? Twenty plus trash cans for James Keach. Like you're gonna throw that away? Yeah. With a ooh, yeah. nasty. Hmm. 
I love that Jane is living life on her own terms. There are a lot of trash cans to go around in this one from None for middle her, sex to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's well, Jane Seymour. Yeah, thanks. That was, I mean, sort of a female empowerment story in a lot of ways. A little bit, a little bit. We've gone kind of around the bend mm-hmm. of trashy in a few ways, and I thought there was really a lot to like yeah. about that story. I mean, Jane Seymour, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Sure. You can get dumped four times and feel less than. God, it's the breakup suck for everyone, and we are here to celebrate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us that one. That was that was great. You told me you were working on this, and I I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know, know quite the level of, of trash. Jane Seymour, kind of a fascinating lady. Thank you one and all for tuning in for our Trashy Divorces journey today. We can't tell you how much we appreciate your ears in listening and telling your friends about what we do over here at Trashy Divorces headquarters, for your support on Patreon, for your kind reviews and emails. We think the world of you on this side of the pond and on the other side of the pond too, all, friends. All sides of all, all ponds. All sides of all ponds. We will be back on Wednesday with some brand new trash candy for you. Yep, pulling one out of the TARDIS. In the meantime, I got to hot drop this. If y'all are obsessed with Feud, Capote versus the Swans, Circle on Back, Done and Done, is going to be doing Alicia's version, haha, of those episodes. What you're seeing, maybe a little bit of enhancement. So if you would like to watch the swans or you've seen the swans and want a little bit more nuance done and done drops on Mondays for you. We're going to begin that journey this week with episode one trashy Royals, which drops on Thursday. We are continuing our Louie and Edwina Mountbatten. Oh my. Oh my. (laughs) Okay. If the FBI has files on you in which they declare you to be people of very low morals. (laughs) We're going to make a podcast about you. We're going to make a podcast about you. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody. You got a lot of ways to check us out. We really do appreciate you being here, standing for us. We can't wait to see you back when and where we do. Until then, keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts so, so trashy, friends. Big love, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. 
I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.